Welcome to the Behind the Surface podcast presented by the International Surface Fabricators Association. ISFA exists to serve industry professionals involved in the fabrication of manufactured surfacing materials. With each episode, Behind the Surface inspires fabricators to take their business to the next level. Now with your host, Nancy Bush. Hi, I'm Nancy Bush, and welcome to today's episode of Behind the Surface podcast brought to you by ISFA. And today's episode is brought to you by MoreAware. I'd like to thank them for our sponsorship of this um, podcast. It's what makes it all possible. And today I'm joined by Kelly Biggs, who is the head of sales and marketing at MoreAware. And she's brought along a good friend, Steve Mass, who is the director of Precision Countertops. Good old Wilsonville, Oregon, Steve. Thanks for joining us. Today we're talking about an organized shop is a profitable shop. So how do you get there? Uh, and integrating software into your business. Wow, that's a lot. We got a lot of ground to cover, guys. Um, so I'm just gonna kick this thing off with my very first question for you both. What are the most common places you see disorganization in fab businesses? Who wants to jump in? Can we just leave a blanket statement of the office and shop? There's there's a multitude of places that this organization can show up. Steve, what would you say? Literally everything. It's, it's possible. Where do you want to start, Steve Mast? What's the worst thing you Yeah, see? obviously it's everywhere. This is a custom manufacturing business. By its very nature, it, it creates disorganization. You know, yeah. we we always say this is the hardest business that I know in terms of services because we have to make the product, we have to make the product custom, and we have to go to your house and install it. And normally you either do one or the other. You make the HVAC unit in a factory in Minnesota or you install it, but you don't make it. To do both and then custom every single time is really hard and that creates a lot of disorganization for sure. Yeah. Chaos. Mm -hmm. Pure, pure chaos. Yeah. So you were asking Nancy about disorganization. I think for me, the number one in my experience, you know, here at Precision would have been a lack of process. You know, we, I think in our industry, we have great people. I think uh, they're really often very well experienced fabricator, uh, small business people that work really hard, long, long hours really dedicated and passionate about the industry. Um, so it's not a people problem. Um, it's mostly a process problem, which ultimately I think creates the, the disorganization. Couldn't agree more, Steve, um, about it being both a process problem. Also, where do those, where do those processes live? Are they living often when you work on one process? Sometimes you can mess up another inadvertently. Um, so even if you're fixing disorganization in one part of your business, it can pop up in another place. It's like playing whack-a-mole. That's a good, that brings up a good point, Steve. So can you share an example of when your shop was really struggling with organization and maybe dig into some specific, uh, areas that really were bottlenecks for you in your shop? Well, I would say we, you know, this is not a problem we've solved, but we have gotten better at it. Um, 
when we were probably 2005, um, we were a much smaller company and there was a boom going on. And I think our lead times were seven or 10 weeks. Um, and we were disorganized. Um, we, we had more aware as a system, we had other software, but it really wasn't connected and we weren't really following processes. And uh, we really struggled. There was a lot of stress. There was a lot of turnover. Um, you guys know my wife, Julie. It was a lot of late nights uh, sitting in the car dealing with apologies, apologizing to employees, apologizing to customers. Um, it was miserable. And so I've tried to erase it from my mind, 2005. But um, it, was, it was probably the worst experience in my professional career. And we just experienced a lot of growth, like a lot of people. Stone was getting hot then and we had some big accounts and uh, we didn't have the infrastructure to support that. So for me, the lack of process really hurts you if you're trying to grow. Um, you know, whether you have, you know, four employees like my cousin Colin and he's trying to go to six, that's, a, that's where processes are a problem or your precision and you have 300. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. That process is a, is a nightmare and it creates a tremendous amount of stress. Uh, on the people. So, so you would say the way that it really hurts is you're not growing, you can't grow your business. And by the way, there's no business life balance. So now you're falling apart there too. That does not sound like fun. <laughs> um, well, just for the record, this is, this is why uh, a lot of people don't think about, you know, having babies either. Otherwise there'd only be one generation. <laughs> so the good news is is there's good things that come out of that pain right so um how do you know how do we how do we get there so Callie what does it look like when a shop needs to to get organized and and what kinds of things can you suggest there yeah Steve you're so right growth is kind of this double-edged sword right it's a great thing to be experiencing but it it puts stressors on a business of any size in, in any industry, and especially with the complexity that we see with fabricators. At MoreAware, we're talking often to them at those times that that's kind of the thing that typically gets them to start talking with us, looking at their business, looking for places to improve is when things are really painful. Um, so what does that kind of look like? What are the things we listen for when we're trying to figure out if organization might be something a fabricator is struggling with. Um, we could hear it's hard to find quote information when customers have questions, which means there is a disorganization in their quote system. We might hear there's too much time wasted tracking down paperwork or printing and copying paperwork, which means and indicates there's a paperwork disorganization issue. So it could be file folders and stuff like that. Uh, let's see, people aren't sure what they should be doing uh, and when I'm paying too much for overtime. I heard this one yesterday. This indicates that the calendar is disorganized or it's difficult to manage. We could hear, I have poor visibility over the status of jobs. I, uh, there's steps being missed. I don't know what issues I have, which, typically shows that there's a problem with process in the office and shop, or there, that there isn't a place for that process to live. Um, let's see, last thing I think I can think of would be, it's difficult to track down customer info to provide answers about 
what's going on on the status of a job, which really prevents people from being transparent with their customers, which as Steve, you called out, typically leads to communication issues, customer service issues, it typically means apologizing quite a bit when things fall through the cracks, which is just, it's a time suck. It's, it's, some, it's time you are not working on your business and making it better, which hurts. Super painful. How do you track a job from quote to install currently today? So today we do that using CounterGo and Systemize. So we quote the job using CounterGo originally. And then when that becomes a job, then it goes into Systemize. And those are products of Moreware. And it just gives visibility to the whole job all the way through the process. So Steve, you, you brought up, um, and Kelly too, processes. Um, and you, you said the ability to hold on to those processes within the system, right? So can you elaborate a little bit on that too? Yeah, I think processes, I find in this industry, processes are really hard for people to develop, right? I even, if for me, even for me, it's hard. Like I have a team of people that if we have ideas or want to improve things, they can implement. We have someone like Bridget, who's just been with us 20 years. I, without that, I couldn't, I could never improve anything. And so um, in a small business, if you have yourself and 10 employees, you don't have that resource. When are you going to find time to develop those processes at night when you're doing your QuickBooks at 10 o'clock at night on your dining room table? It's not going to happen. And so the safety net that I would say is just get some software. And, and people will tell you that software doesn't solve the problem in terms of creating the process. And that's true. It, by itself, it will not come in and run your business. But it kind of inherently, no matter what software it is, it kind of forces a process on you. It forces you to put the information in one place, which is what Kelly was talking about. It forces you to put pictures or drawings or whatever. It just, it just, it's like your desk. And if you didn't have a desk, where would you put your paperwork on the floor? <laughs> right? If you didn't have a desk, if you were, if you, and we all as fabricators have a desk somewhere in our office. And on that desk is paperwork. And so the software is just shoving that paperwork off your desk into a place so that everybody has the same desk. It's that simple. And it will not, it will not fix all of your process problems. That is going to take work, but it will force you, 100% force you, like a personal trainer or whatever you want to call it, or a drug, it will force you to begin to develop a process. That is the first step, in my opinion. I don't think average fabricators can develop a process on their own without software's help. That's just my two cents, and I've been doing this for 25 years. So it's kind of like those bumpers when you, you know, when you're bowling, right? Like exactly. it's it's just yeah. um, it's only as smart as the as the bumper, but it's going to keep the ball, you know, in in the in the playing field. So perfect analogy, yes. Um, you know, actually, I'm okay. So as as a software person, I know this sounds crazy for me to be the one saying, the one who works with a software company. Um, I, I agree in some ways and I disagree in others. And this is why I think there's one step before software, um, or at least maybe a couple steps before software. I think the first step a fabricator should take when they realize they have a potential organization issue would be to sit down and look at all the challenges they're facing in their business, analyze 
all of these challenges side by side to make sure they're solving it like is the organizational issue the actually actually the most important issue they could be solving right now i th this and this goes back to motivation right is if you're not solving the problem that is causing you the most pain or losing the most money then you typically don't get motivated to solve it. So organization is a super important issue. And if it's your number one issue, then run at it. And software can be a really good structure and place to put your processes, but with also, also without turning over all the rocks and looking at what is causing my disorganization? What are the things, what are the places this is showing up? Um, I think a great way to explain this would be like the file folders you're talking about. Right? If you have all these file folders on your desk and you're constantly losing things or people are taking the file folders and they're taking them out to the shop or they're taking them out to the uh, out on a job and then they don't bring them back or they spill their coffee on them and then the images are not legible, then figuring out how you can not just get the files into the software, but also as there forms you need to create, are there specific activities that need to happen in certain orders? I think that is a really important part of the process. It's like, I think a lot of people buy software just being like, poof, magic, I bought software. <laughs> My life is gonna be better without thinking about all the thought processes they're, needing, they're gonna need to put in during implementation and set up in order for that software to actually start working for them. And then buy-in is another huge thing is if, if the people who are, you can have the greatest software in the world, but if no one puts information into it, it's not going to help. Um, and I think those, those are like the quiet failure points that potentially people don't see before they go out and look for software is, is that that foundation work is just as important, even though it sounds silly to like spend a whole bunch of time talking about. Kelly, I think you brought up super great point. And um, it's something that even in, even ISPA staff internally, we figured out over the last three years to the day, Steve Mass. Uh, today is my third anniversary. Uh, so uh, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. And, and then thank you for everything. Yes. Uh, amazing. It's been it's been an amazing it's been an amazing run for sure. But um, one of the things that I've learned in that time, uh, you know, I always in my in my past uh, career experience, things were always set up and ready to go, plug and play. And here it was a little bit more ground up, right? So. One of the things I figured out really quickly was I don't speak IT. I just don't. It's not my jam. I have no interest in it. I just wanted to fix it and I wanted it to fix yesterday. Would have been better. So I probably could get along with fabricators in that mindset somewhat. Uh, and so one of the things I learned real quickly with my web data person, Amy Curiosis, was to say, hey, Amy, I have this problem. So I'd start with the problem and she would find and create the way to get there for the solution. And so it sounds to me like a really great first step, Kelly, would be that, you know, the fabricators identify that, but also communicate that. Because I'm sure that if if you came to somebody that to buy the software, that would be, you know, the first question is, what are you trying to solve? And you yeah. all can, can do that, right? Absolutely. It, 
it's really common. At, so when we get people into demos, for example, people are like, I just want to buy the software. It's like, okay, but why? Like, why do you want to buy the software? What are you struggling with? What are your pain points? It's like, okay, but I just want a place to put my file folders. Why? What's happening in your business? What are you struggling with? Understanding, because there could be multiple solutions and it doesn't necessarily mean software is one of the really great solutions to problems in a business, but it might not be the only solution. It might have to be coupled with, with something else. Um, I think the one thing I really want for fabricators is I want them to be successful and having that conversation feels like a really great way that we can contribute to their success is not just providing the tool, but also um, helping look look deeper at what's going on here uh, and how can we, how could dialogue and conversation potentially help as well? Sounds like it's pretty universal, uh, these, these hiccups along the way. Um, but Steve, how do you make sure that the right people know what to do and when. So once you get that software kind of going on, how do you how do you fit that in? So I think step one is you, to Callie's point, I think step one in the mistake is put everything into the software, right? Put it all in there. Put in all the files, put in all the pictures, put in all the job details. Um, that's step one. Step two is share it. Share it with your employees, share it with your subcontractor, share it with your plumber, share it with electricians, share it with everyone, share it with your spouse, share it with everybody you can. Get as many people as you can that you know or possibly know to get access to that information. Share it, just like you would in a Facebook group or something else. Imagine your software is like Facebook. Share it, share it, share it, share it. So get everything in there, put everything on your desk, everything that's in your emails, everything into the software, then share with everyone that would ever touch that job or need that information so that they don't make a mistake and they quickly have what they need. Those are the two things you do. If you can make it past those two things, which is not easy, if you can even possibly do that, then you can start using sophisticated parts of software like views, calendars, reminders. There's all kinds of fun things like that when you get to, you know, but none of that matters of any consequence or any shape at all until you get all the information in and B, you share with everyone you know. Those two things, I don't care if you're using the wrong form or the right form, I don't care what you're putting in there, how you're putting it in there, that will solve tremendous problems for you, period. Okay, so with, we identify what we're trying to solve for, we create a system, then we share with everybody. Now, both of you, What's the best way to get your whole team on board? Because you can share it all day long, but getting them on board is a whole nother story, right? I mean, unless you just say you're going to do it or you're out. No, I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean some, sometimes, Nancy, you have to do some of that. Um, and that's not a huge problem in our industry in some ways. Like generally in the smaller, you know, if obviously we're, we're talking to people that either don't have a software or are struggling with software, I would say in this podcast. And I think in organizations where you have trust and good people, like I said, good family run businesses, great people, there, there's a lot of trust um, amongst each other. So if, if I, the owner or my spouse or somebody in my family or a key employee gets this, 
and they say it's great. I, I think I haven't seen that lack of trust in that. Um, you don't have to force it. Sometimes you might have to nudge, but I'd rather choose the carrot than the stick. And the carrot is, like I said, is get all the information in there, get the photos in there. You know, nobody from Facebook forced me to use it. Nobody called me and said, you need to use Facebook, Steve. You need to get on Twitter. You need to do these things. There's nobody calling you. They did it because you were enticed to, because you were drawn to it. And so when you have the software that's running your business, if you get all the information in there, which is not easy, but you get the pictures, you get the data, you get stuff in there, they will naturally come seeking it. It'll be the honeypot that everyone will go to. And then eventually what'll happen is you won't have that information in the folder. You won't have it on the desk. And so then they have to go, right? But run them simultaneously for a while and just put everything in there. Uh, that's, they'll come, they'll all come. Okay, so you build it and they will come. Um, what do you think once you've, once you've got everybody on board and you've got some things and, and now you're getting some data, right? What are some important metrics for fabricators to look at when they're trying to figure out how much money they're saving or that potentially they could save. So whether it's on the back end after they've got it set up or going into it, what are some ways you can kind of figure out what that might save in terms of money or time? You want to take that one, Kelly? Sure. Um, I mean, how much are mistakes costing you? That could be reworks over time, money tied up in inventory that's just laying around because it got overordered. There's a lot of different places that you can look for what are what are the costs to my bottom line, to my profit margins, to my revenue streams, in order to understand how this money is like trickling off of your bottom line. Like it's getting lost somewhere between when customers pay you and what you're actually making in your business. And it's shocking when people start tracking those metrics. I think like reworks is a great example. If they're not tracking reworks, tracking reworks can be a big thing. How much money do you have tied up in inventory? Because it's just sitting there. It's not, it's no longer a popular color and who knows when you're going to be able to, to sell it. Um, Overtime is something that comes up a lot, especially with disorganization, because if, say, you forgot to do something on one day or you overscheduled a day and you have to keep somebody late or you have to have somebody come in early or that, that tends to really pile up. Um, it's not a metric, but looking at reviews online can tell you how your customers are affected both negatively and positively by your organizational structures. This could tell you how it can be impacting your ability to get new and repeat business. Um, I think the last one I can think of offhand would be, it's hard to measure, but employee satisfaction is a really interesting metric to look at. This can actually hit your bottom line and removing disorganization which leads to stress and frustration and employee turnover. It, it can be a really interesting way to look at how to lower your people costs uh, that are, are kind of piling up and might go unseen. That's perfect. 
I agree. hundred percent. I agree. Um, I would, I had two things there that, and what you said, one is turnover, which is, she was talking about, you will have far less turnover if you have defined processes and less frustration because people in the custom countertop business will get angry and upset at each other and your customers will get mad, which will cause some people to quit. We'll call them wimps and we'll call them whatever millennials or whatever you want to call them, but they'll, people will leave this industry that were good people. And I, we've had it happen here because of disorganization or a lack of process. And, you know, when you have those things, good people will stay. None of us are perfect. We are all going to make mistakes. This is a really, really tough business. You're talking about profit. Jeffrey likes to quote it. I think the NSI study is average net profit for a company is about 4%. Mm-hmm. That's a very low margin for a very, very ugly business. Yeah. And so you combine that with the stress of remodels, which is an emotional, it's like a, it's like a wedding or a baby or a remodel. They're all right there high on the stress scale. So people don't behave reasonably. Contractors aren't always the nicest to work with. Um, and that disorganization will cause people to quit. And I don't blame them. I would quit too. Why would you do that? Why would you go through that? If you were not a family member and you weren't tired of this business, you, you probably just are a glutton for punishment. And so I think to, to Callie's point, and that turnover is so expensive because then you start over again. And if you don't have a process, then the new person comes in and you're just on this hamster wheel. And you just hope that that person stays or puts up with it or the subcontractor installer just keeps going, you know, but he's frustrated. And so, yeah, having the information in one place and having a a simple process will help with reducing turnover and ultimately I think will increase your your profit dramatically. I've never seen in all my years of visiting hundreds and hundreds of shops, I've never seen one that didn't have a good process and in my mind was successful. So. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I was also thinking like, what happens to that rock star employee if Joe's granite down the street is a wonderful place to work because there's less confrontation, they have guardrails set up, they have forms for people to sign, customer communication goes smoothly, you you lose potentially a rock star employee, and it happens in this industry a lot. And that can be devastating to your business, but it can also be a huge boon potentially to Joe down the street, um, which is amazing how often we hear of that happening. Yeah. It's around a lot. Yeah. If you've been doing this a long time and you've been to these shops and, and visited with these owners that have so much passion and so much, um, love to give this industry and they just they really love what they do you would not do countertops if you did not like what you did there was there's a million better businesses to run and do <laughs> i mean there really is it's not it's just a fact and i think you have this passion but it's hard if you don't have a process and you're disorganized which this industry creates in of itself um it just creates a lot of stress for people that are not the owner or not bought in as much or just want to show up for work and go home and see their family and you're bringing in all this chaos i mean aaron crowley talks about this and he he's written some great books on it um but i don't know you know i would tell you that software while it's not the end all be all 
it will give you the pain and suffering that you need to get through this and get into a process. It will absolutely will. And I'm not saying, by the way, I love where we use it. I'm not saying that that is the end all be all either. If you are really small, I'm not saying that you should use Moreware because I think it's it's a big, you know, it, it's a great software. But if you're really tiny, just use Google Calendar. Yeah. Every fabricator in the United States, if you do not have a piece of software today, the first thing you should do in the next 15 minutes after this podcast is start using Google Calendar, period, hands down. It'll take you 20 minutes max if you don't have a Gmail account. And then share that calendar with everyone in your office and everyone in your field. That right there will get you from behind the finish line, 15 feet, maybe up to the starting line, right? And so you can actually start thinking about the next steps. But that one step will dramatically change your business. Period. Yeah. Yeah. I'd go one step further, too, because I've been into shops where it's just loose pieces of paper. It's like if if you're at the point where you just have loose pieces of paper and software or even Gmail or Google or any of that feels too complicated, do you have a whiteboard and do you have files and a file folder and everything is labeled? Like if you just go that far as far as process, it makes a big difference. Um, it's just, yeah, disorganization can really, really hurt. It hurts everybody. It's amazing how when people do set up software, because that's obviously where I interact with them more, when they get past this pain point, it typically doesn't show up as people are like, oh, well, my metrics and profit margins are this, that, and everything else. They they don't tell us that. It's, I don't know, the owner's like, I got to go out golfing twice last week, and I never thought that would be true. Or you have a shop manager who hasn't been on vacation in four or five years because, and they don't see their family to sit down for dinner and they express it as now that the shop's organized, I can step away and I can go have dinner with my family. I can step away for a week and I don't come back to chaos. It's, it's one of those things where what it looks like when it's great doesn't then end up getting quantified in numbers. Typically it gets quantified in quality of life and it's hard, it's hard to imagine when you're living in the pain, you're like really living in it and you're going, oh yeah, that sounds great. But that also sounds like unicorns and rainbows. I don't <laughs> think that world exists. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. yeah. And then when it does exist, it, you look back and you go, I can't believe I lived in that pain for so long. I can't believe I lived in that world and thought there was no solutions when there is a solution. I listened to one of our demos no joke, Steve, last week, and a fabricator was talking and said, somebody told me there's software that solves this problem. Did you know that? And she said, I didn't know. And I went and I Googled it. And I am so excited now <laughs> that I can get rid of all these things because it's been in my husband's head for the last 15 years. And that felt like a perfect case study for like disorganization is happening. We don't have the tools. There's a tool out there that can help you get to that unicorn rainbow land. It can happen. It's not overnight, but it can happen. Well, just imagine too, you know, with, we were talking a lot about retention, retaining staff, but onboarding, the message that your company sends in the onboarding process when it's more put together and organized in and of itself 
can be a deal maker for the long term, you know, the 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 whole the whole vibe that you're going to give to that new that new staff, right? And um, you know, the other thing that comes to my mind in the onboarding process is really trying to figure out and capture the things kind of back to the why get the software what's the you know what are the big problems that you're trying to solve but also capturing those steps along the way and setting those expectations you know in that process and training that one person you know it's not perfection but if you can come up with those little items along the way and try to document those and then find some good software to keep them in and organize perfect perfection Indeed. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, uh, Steve and Kelly. And, you know, thank you, Moreware, again, for your support of ISFA. And uh, if you're listening to this and you want to get a hold of these folks, you can get a hold of me at nancy at ispanow.org. And uh, thanks again for joining us today. Any last thoughts on the way out? No. Go ISFA and, yes. and go folders, right? Get, yeah. get this organized. Whether they're paper, whether they're software, whether it's a whiteboard, whether it's Google Candle, calendar, um, there, there are ways to improve your life and balance of it. So. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Moreware, for supporting ISFA all these years. Um, yeah. without, without companies like you, ISFA wouldn't exist. Um, you guys are the reason that we're able to help fabricators, which is what this was all about is sharing and helping and making a little less crazy, a little less painful of a business. So thank you to Moreware for your support. Of course, Steve, we're happy to. Thanks for listening. To hear more in-depth viewpoints, gain actionable insights and powerful tools to help you succeed, subscribe to the Behind the Surface podcast presented by the International Surface Fabricators Association. To learn more about ISFA, visit our website at www.isfanow.org.